Hello, and welcome to the first ever YesICanEatCake.com podcast. My name is Ashley. I'm here today with Sarah. Kirsty is not joining us today, but hopefully will in the future. So I'm Ashley, and I have had diabetes for 16 years. I am, I guess, the creator of YesICanEatCake.com. It's my brainchild, um, and I have enlisted Sarah and Kirsty to help me with it. Hello everyone, my name is Sarah. I am a certified diabetes educator and a dietitian, and um, I help with yesicaneatcake.com and basically my role is, you know, just making sure that what we say is true and things make sense and then hopefully clearing up some myths and facts and sharing some great tips and um, tackling the world of type 1 diabetes. So Ashley, to get us started, how about you let us know why did you create YesICanEatCake.com? So the original story, which is true, is originally um, I was talking to my friends one night and I was saying how I wanted to do something for the diabetes community. And as I've been suffering with this disease, it's probably about three or four years ago. And we came up with the name net or .com. And then I got nervous that Disney would not approve. So I decided to rethink some names. And I was during that period, I was thinking of what I could do that's not already out there, that's different. And and there's a lot of stuff already out there that's great. And I just really wanted to do my own personal spin on it and just try to incorporate everything I love, which is fashion and teaching people about diabetes and educating them and informing people that I can eat whatever I want, I can do whatever I want, it's not gonna stop me. I just need to take insulin to keep moving. And, and yeah, it was just, it was like a three-year process to get this going and off the ground and took me forever. And then Kirsty and I were actually met about just over a year ago and we were having dinner and we were talking about cake for some reason. And we came up with a name, like it was just such a random, quick, perfect name. Cause it's like, yes, I can eat that. Cause I, I get asked that all the time cause I don't have the best eating habits, but whatever. And, and yeah, it was just super fitting and just wonderful. And I was like, you know what? That's great. And I really like this idea. And it's a whole new realm of diabetes stuff for people to learn. And I just, I like the positive spin that we're bringing to it. And yeah, the disease does suck. I'm not going to lie. But there are amazing aspects to it that I've learned that I've been dealing with and that I'm handling and trying to handle myself. So does that answer the question? Yes, yeah. But so you're not a diabetic. You're lucky. Mm-hmm. Functional pancreas. Yes. <laughs> um, so why did you want to be part of this site and why do you work with diabetics? Yes. Well, I wanted to be a part of this site because um, I was very lucky to meet you <laughs> in the clinic and um So basically in my day-to-day work, I see lots of people living with type 1 diabetes and there's often a reoccurring theme of there's so much information out there on type 2 diabetes, there's so much support and programs and all this and type 1 diabetes sometimes, well, basically gets left in the dust and there's not as much talk about it or information about it. So um, I'm all about empowering people and making sure they have the right information and they feel supported and it's great to be in a community of people living the same things. So that's why I wanted to be a part of it. So to make sure that the information we are sharing is the right information and that we can really help empower people. And um, it's nice to know that people are not alone. I often see people who have never, ever met anybody else living with type 1. So it's really nice to see that they can then see they're not alone, that other people 
live day to day with the same triumphs and with the same struggles as well. And I've been working in diabetes for over 15 years. And um, as a dietitian, uh, food does unfortunately play quite an important role in diabetes. So I feel again that I can help empower people and um, live the best life they can. So I just want to make a quick anecdote because I've been talking about this on the Instagram feed. Follow us at yes, at yes, I can eat cake. Um, so last night I was trying a new sensor and, and I'm super intelligent and I was reading the instructions and following them or so I thought. And I, I cleaned the site, like the area, and then I, I put the plunger thing, whatever, right, without the adhesive. I stick it on. Everything's fine. And then I go to inject it. I hear the two clicks and then I forget to pull back on the plunger and then I somehow force the needle out of my stomach through the plunger and I end up with this really sharp needle in my hand and I'm like oh my god and then I have this thing that's like stabbing me and I'm like what is that and it was the filament needle so that was brilliant so I somehow didn't get the filament into my system into my stomach at all I ended up with it on my hand and it hurt and that was really smart on my part, but there was ama- the support was amazing, and I called them the not tech support, but the what's it called? Customer care. Yeah, customer yeah. care. Oh my god, I'm so tired. <laughs> I was up till two thirty watching hockey. Um, so I was yeah. So the customer care was amazing, and they're sending me a replacement. But oh my god. So my tip is when you're doing it, uh, make sure you remove the needle, and also read the instructions properly, and don't be nervous about doing it because that's when you get flustered, and that's what happened to me, and. I hate needles. So yeah, that was just my little anecdote that I've been teasing nonstop. Yes. And also, or if not, feel free to reach out to your diabetes educator. Right, Ashley? <laughs> yes. Which you offered to help me today. Yes. And I said, no, it's okay. And I should have listened because the 12 <laughs> hours would have made it easier. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. On another note, so a lot of people ask questions about ketones. And I know ketones aren't really talked about that much. So I'm going to let Sarah just talk to you guys about ketones for a bit. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. So ketones, maybe maybe your first and hopefully only encounter might have been at diagnosis. So a lot of times with diagnosis of type 1 diabetes, the body is making ketones. So ketones is a, it's a waste product. It's a byproduct. So when the body can't get the sugar it needs to the brain or to the cells, it starts to eat protein or fat or muscles to try and get sugar or something to feed the brain so what it does is it breaks it down and the when it breaks it down the product that comes out is ketones so what happens with ketones is they can accumulate um, and they can stay in the blood and they become toxic to the body so we don't want ketones to stay in the blood we want to get them out so the only way really to get ketones out of the blood is with insulin and with water so a lot of times we're dehydrated so we need to drink water and then we need to take more insulin to help bring the ketones down so sometimes symptoms to know whether or not you might have ketones is usually they give um, stomach pain you could have an upset stomach cramps it can even lead to uh, vomiting so throwing up it can lead to shortness of breath so if you're having a bit of trouble breathing um, it gives a like a fruity breath so your breath 
becomes very sweet uh, fruity smelling so what can be tricky sometimes is usually your blood sugars are high but it can in certain situations happen that your blood sugars are normal but a, gr- a good way to know whether you should check your ketones or not is if your blood sugars are high and you're not feeling well um, so what happens a lot of times is people think they have like the gastro or the virus a virus and they're not feeling well and their blood sugars are a bit higher and they're throwing up and might not necessarily think to check your ketones but that part of sick day management one of the first tips is really always monitoring and checking your ketones or anytime that you're not feeling so great or things are off so Back in the day, we checked ketones with strips in urine, but now luckily we have some meters on the market with strips so you can check your ketones just like how you would test your blood sugar in the same way. So just something to be mindful of and be aware that um, ketones are unfortunately a, a possibility, but usually can be managed. And if for whatever reason you can't manage it at home, It can go quite quickly, so we do recommend to go to the emergency room if you can't get your ketones down. I have a question. question. Um, I know people who are prone to fainting when they're diabetics. Can you be prone to ketones? So um, that's a good question. We, We don't really know if you're some people are more prone or not, but sometimes ketones that, you know, again, happen in the body, sometimes they naturally happen. So for example, if you have a longer space of time between your meals, you can have ketones. So for example, someone who has a really early supper, doesn't eat at night, no snacks, doesn't eat all night, and then wakes up later, they might have a bit of ketones because they've maybe been fasting for 12 hours. Uh, We can also have ketones based on different exercises we do. So sometimes uh, very strenuous or using different muscles or how we do the exercise, different stuff like that can put a bit of ketones as well. So we might already have a little bit in the background based on foods we eat or foods we didn't eat, uh, exercise, and then those are not dangerous. That's okay. It's it's when it gets above a certain level that then that's when we require um, insulin and water to stay hydrated. So Ashley, now it's my turn. I have a question for you. So I meet a lot of people living with type 1 and often to start the conversation, it's so important to talk about uh, diagnosis and, and what happened and the start of the diabetes journey. So would you like to share with us your diagnosis story? Sure. So my diagnosis story started in, well, it was 2003. And I was, one of my friends was trying to make music. So I was actually at her house and I was skipping meals. And my mom actually was in Florida. This was in January. And my mom went to Florida for like a month with my grandmother or something. And um, I was like, I was in school and I was just super busy. And I was, my mom always leaves us food, like always left me and my dad food in the freezer, always. And she didn't this year. And I was like, I'm on the best diet ever. I'm so busy. I'm, I'm not even hungry and I'm not eating and I'm losing weight and this is amazing. And, and I was like all of 115 pounds anyways. So anyways, and my mom came home, like it was like February, it was near my birthday, so near February 11th. And she's like, you lost like a lot of, I'm like, yeah, I lost like seven pounds. I'm like, oh, like the two weeks you were gone or the month you were gone or whatever it was. She's like, um, okay, something's weird. I'm like, no, it's great. I'm so happy. I'm losing weight even though I don't need to. Now I wish I could, but anyways. So I'm like losing all this weight and I'm constantly in the bathroom 
And when I was about six or seven years old, I had heard on TV that if you pee more than eight times a day, you could be diabetic. So I started counting. And by the time I got to eight, it was like 3 p.m. And I was like, oh, well, that's not good. So I went to my parents and I was like, um, I think I'm diabetic. And I was like, no, you're fine. You're not diabetic. You, there's no diabetes in the family. We knew nothing about it. I had a great aunt who married into the family who was diabetic, but that was the extent of it. So I was like, okay, my mom knows everything. Side <laughs> note, she doesn't. I love you, mom. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever. So I kept going and I finally I had exams because I was in um, CJEP at the time, which is in between. No, I wasn't. Sorry, I was in university at the time. Um, so I had exams, and I, like, couldn't focus, and I couldn't study, and I was exhausted all the time, and I was super lethargic, and I couldn't eat, and I had fruity breath, and I literally had every single symptom known to man. I was, like, a checklist, but anyways. And um, I made a point with my doctor, and he could only see me, like, March 15th, and this was, like, February 15th or something. Um, and I was like, oh, this isn't good. And anyways, the night of February 28th, I went to the doctor and they told me to come back the next morning to do a blood test and I was like okay and I was so exhausted that like getting up from my bed to the like to walk down the stairs was not happening and I went to sleep that night and I woke up to go get water in the middle of the night because I was dying of thirst and I made it down the stairs and I had to go sit on the couch for 20 minutes and this is like four o'clock in the morning to get my blood sugar up I'm not to get my blood sugar up sorry to get the water down because I was like so exhausted and just to get my energy back and I couldn't and I remember just like literally like carrying myself up the stairs and it was like 4 a.m and I opened my parents bedroom door and I was like I have to come and lie on your bed I can't make it to my room and I just passed out on their bed and they woke me up up at like 7 a.m and I got like three hours of sleep and we went to the doctor and they did a blood test and I remember passing out on the bed woke up my mom shoved an orange in my mouth because she was like okay here's food like something's weird went home and I was seeing everything in like black and white flashes at this point it was like a very strange horror movie And I went home and they took me to the kitchen where I ate a bagel with cucumber because my tongue was so swollen that I couldn't absorb and have any moisture in my mouth and I didn't know and I I couldn't even tell I was talking weird. And I made myself go to my bedroom and I passed it on my bed again and my mom comes to get me. She's like, we're going to the hospital. And we drove to the hospital and within being there, I was like in a wheelchair and again, I was seeing this black and white flashes and I was hooked up within 15 minutes in the yard, every machine available. And the doctor took my blood sugar and said, you're diabetic. And I literally sat up, said, I told you so, and passed out for t- like 12 hours. And that's what I remember. That's what I remember from my story. But it was terrifying. And I was in the emergency ICU for 30 hours, or f- I think it was 30 hours. And my mom didn't leave my side. And they kept trying to kick her out. And she's like, nope. And she stayed with me until... I was finally put into my own room, and that was a whole other story. Oh, my God. It was awful. Oh, what the, the memory was awful. Anyways, um, but, yeah, and I was in the hospital till for me, March 1st was my diagnosis date. I was there till March 5th. Mm. And when I came home on March 5th, someone had, no one had told me. Uh, for some reason, I had the urge to go on the treadmill, I don't, which is a very strange urge. But, anyways, and no one had told me to cut my insulin before I go on the treadmill. So I took my normal amount, like, on my sliding scale, and then I almost passed out in the shower after the treadmill. It was good times. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my diagnosis story. It was uh, quite the uh, – I still remember it quite vividly, actually. And I remember the hospital stay because it was – oh, my God. I wonder if that guy's still alive, actually. Anyways, but um, one of my people in my room had um, 
uh, what's it called? It was like it was like a C difficile type thing, mm. but it wasn't quite C diff at the time. It was uh, they had like just diarrhea mm. nonstop. She did, it was like it was like four a.m. She's like, can you please call the nurse? I have to go to the bathroom and all over the bed. Yeah, yay! Aww. Our hospital system was great. <laughs> the hospital was lovely. The the nurses were amazing, but that the room was. yeah not a fun moment oh thank you for sharing no frogs so this is a little bit of a disjointed podcast because we've never done this before so thanks for listening if you're still listening um and thank you for listening if you just joined us which is weird because it's edited but anyways okay so i just want to say um that we are not professionals well sarah is in some ways but she's not in terms of podcasting so anything that we say please take with a grain of salt speak to your own healthcare provider and your own professional people because we are just two people speaking about our own ideas and thoughts and processes and stuff so please do not take us to court for any of this because this is just us talking um and we're going a bit out of order today so i apologize we will try to fix this in the next podcast hopefully there is a second one Um, It's just we don't really know what we're doing. So play along with us. Cool. Thanks. And um, go. (laughs) (laughs) So we're actually going to take a little step back now. And um, a common question that we get that a lot of people are not aware of is actually what is the difference between type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. So I'm sure some of you who are listening do know, but just to clarify for everybody else, I wish I could make a big billboard and put it on the side of every highway so people would know that they're not the same. (laughs) But so basically, uh, type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease. We are 2019 and we still do not know the cause. We have no idea why does the body make antibodies and attack its very own pancreas. So I don't we don't know there's theories you know is it a virus is it the environment is there maybe a genetic component we we really don't know but we do know is it's autoimmune and um, right now that's what happens so the body attacks its own beta cells which are in the pancreas which they are responsible for making the hormone insulin so in type 1 diabetes there is zero insulin there's no hormone of insulin produced so that's why people take either injections of insulin or pump therapy but insulin has to be taken to survive and And the unfortunate part, again, being 2019, we still have no cure for diabetes. There's tons of research, but for type 1 diabetes, there's no cure. Uh, Hopefully, anyways, we're very hopeful, but we won't put a timeline, but let's really, really hope that a cure is found. So it's very difficult to find a cure when you don't even know the cause. So if we can find the cause, then maybe hopefully we can find a cure. But there's lots going on um, in terms of that world. So really to stay hopeful. Then if we look at type 2 diabetes, so there's lots of different uh, risks or causes for type 2 diabetes. So type 2 diabetes is where the body is more resistant to its own insulin. So the body makes insulin, but the body doesn't use it very well. Uh, So there's insulin resistance. And then with time, the pancreas gets tired because it's always working so hard that eventually it actually stops making insulin. So that's where sometimes people who have type 2 diabetes take insulin 
um, they're still not considered type 1 diabetes because it's not the autoimmune response. It's just that their pancreas got really tired and worked really, really hard and can't do it anymore. So that's the the difference. Um, So in type 2 diabetes, there's risks of um, genetics, race, ethnicity, um, lifestyle changes. So people, depending on their activity level, um, different eating habits, stress, sleep. So there's lots of different things that can play into type 2 diabetes. So that's very big in general, the difference between the two. So Ashley, um, I was thinking, can you tell us your experience with using injection versus an insulin pump and what made you choose an insulin pump? Sure. So I was using injection, well, I was doing injections for the first four years and I was offered to go on the pump and I kept saying no because to me, having the pump felt like I actually had an illness and without the pump, I felt like I didn't. I mean, I did, but... I didn't because it wasn't permanently attached to me and I didn't have to worry about having this thing on me all the time. Um, And it was also around March. So March seems to be a really bad month for me (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it. Um, And my blood sugar was just not coming down and I was doing manual injections or MDIs and I was like, come on, come down, come down. And it wasn't. And I was super frustrated. And I remember running into my parents living room and I was like okay I'm going on the pump I can't deal with this anymore it's enough with always having high blood sugars and I can't control it and maybe my doctor's right and I I can't deal with this and then I ended up calling Medtronic the next day and I I think I received the box like early April and I didn't set up my pump until July it was July 9th 2007 so it's going to be 12 years so yeah so I decided to go on the pump and I have to say, I have not gone off it. I love the pump. It makes it so much easier. My A1Cs, except for when I accidentally switched the times. Don't do that, by the way. I That's put, how we met. Yes, because <laughs> I accidentally switched AM and PM on my pump for like six weeks and didn't notice. So don't do that. Be very careful. No, but I totally have my moments in switching the AM and PM on my pump. I didn't switch it. It somehow switched itself. That was the stupid part. But yeah, but I'm still with Medtronic. I still love their pumps. I find them easy to use. It's so much easier I hate having it constantly on me Um, and there are days that I wish I didn't like when I wake up and it's underneath me and I have a bruise but otherwise it's it's just so much easier the fact that you can just it just does it automatically you just dial in when you want to eat and let it go and you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to you can take like micro doses as opposed to taking like four or five because or four and a half or five because you don't have that option maybe now you do I haven't taken an injection in a really long time and it's, e- still it's still like yeah. that and even my backup pump I, my backup is a pump so I have like I have two like I have an old pump that I use as my backup so I really knock wood so you can hear I'm knocking on something is this wood it might be melamine anyways I'm knocking on something it's just so much easier and I really I actually that's how Kirsty and I met was because one of my friends hi Laura giving you a shout out called me when I was talking to you do you remember that yes, and I was in the yeah. meeting with you and it was the first time we met mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kirsty and Lorianne called me to say that um her friend at work was thinking about going to a pump. Can I talk to her about it? And I was like, sure. And then, but she called right when I was talking to you and I was like, I have to call you back. I'm talking to my pump specialist actually. So I ended up calling Kirsty that day on the way home from the clinic. And uh, she went on the pump a few weeks later and she loves it actually. I spoke to her about it last night. She absolutely loves her pump and we both love 
the fr- it, as much as it's not freedom because it is constantly attached to you it is freedom because mm-hmm. you really have a lot less to worry about but i understand both sides because i've done both sides mm-hmm. kirsty did both sides i think she just had her 19th year so for 18 mm-hmm. years she was doing injections mm-hmm. um my stomach imp- appreciated the injections more i'll tell you that much because i have like insulin pouches now because i like using the same sites don't do that either over and over and over again make sure you rotate this is all a thing of all stuff that you should not do because i do it um i learned i'm the guinea pig for everybody but no but it's um just a lot easier it's just more manageable which is what's important to me Mm -hmm. but i totally get people who don't want to do it because it is expensive very expensive and we need to talk about fixing that yeah with the government because it's not cool um but it's it's a wonderful blessing and i'm really grateful that i was able to afford going on the pump Mm because it's really helped me a lot so also speaking of a small world so so i met sarah i keep calling you sarah but it's sarah but whatever i met s because (laughs) of my am pm switch and my doctor was like okay ashley you should probably go see a pump specialist because you don't know what you're doing (laughs) i do but somehow it switched when i was on vacation and i really have no idea how i even changed time like it's an hour time zone how it changed i have no it was for work i have no idea how this happened but anyways so yeah so i'm in sarah's office i'm telling her this whole thing my friend lorraine calls me to talk about kirsty who is her friend who i don't know who i'm supposed to go meet for dinner to talk about my pump here comes Sarah's story. Yeah. <laughs> so then I work at two different clinics. So I see Ashley at one clinic after her AMPM disaster. And then I come to the other clinic and I see Kirsty because the doctor says, oh, you know, you're thinking about going on a pump. Go see Sarah. She'll talk to you about pumps. So I meet Kirsty and I tell her about the different pump options that are available on the market. And she was like, well, you know what? My friend is having me go out for dinner with somebody who's on a pump next week. So I'm going to get more of like a... you know a feedback of someone who actually lives it and wears it I'm like that's great well after you meet with her let me know what you choose and then you know I'll help you out with once moving forward so meanwhile Chrissy has supper with Ashley and then then she comes back and anyways the whole thing is just hilarious it's such a small world and we've uh, the three of us have been great friends since. That's so just really yeah. funny how this happened, and it was so random. And <laughs> you never know what life's gonna throw your way. Sorry, yeah. I keep hitting you under the table. That's okay. <laughs> um, we're in an eye clinic. Where are we? We're in an optometrist, optometrist. office, okay. by the way. So we have eye equipment all around us while we're doing this, so that they can see us. It's kind of creepy, but it's all good. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of which, go see your optometrist. Also very yes. important. You yes. should be going annually, I believe, right? Yes. 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 I actually have my appointment in May. Totally skipped last year's though, because those drops give me like anxiety. But anyways, don't listen to that, people. Go every. Year. I saw my other eye doctor last year though. I okay. alternate my eye doctors. Anyways, yeah, don't listen to me. Go see your doctor every year. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're just gonna end this podcast with like a little bit of rapid fire. We're gonna leave this up unedited, by the way, so you guys can hear how bright we really are. <laughs> um, don't judge us. Um, I just don't know what I'm doing, so we're gonna leave it up unedited for now, and then maybe I'll fix it. Um, and put it actually in order but probably not we'll do that for the next one if you guys have any questions or any concerns well we don't want to hear about your concerns no, i'm just kidding if you have any <laughs> questions or concerns feel free to email us at admin at yes i can eat cake.com or kirsty at yes i can eat cake.com or sarah at yes i can eat cake.com any of us will answer check us out on twitter at yes i can eat cake.com no, Yes, I Can Eat Cake. Check us out on Instagram at Yes, I Can Eat Cake. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Yes, I Can Eat Cake. We like cake. <laughs> I don't really like cake. I prefer cupcakes. Okay, but cake what's is your favorite kind of cake? Oh, it depends on my mood. Usually chocolate, but like that IGA, no, not IGA, the Provigo, um, 
like white cake with the icing, mm. even though it makes me really sick. It's so good. I love it. My mom's chocolate mousse cake is probably my favorite cake, mm. though. It's delicious. Mm. What's your favorite cake? Um, yeah, something like a thick brownie with lots of caramel. Something really like, rich. Like a legit brownie or like one of your oh, date brownies? Or yes, whatever it was yes. Or I make black bean <laughs> brownies it. that are excellent, low glycemic index, lots of fiber, very good for you. <laughs> and they're delicious. Yeah, no. no, but sometimes a real brownie with some caramel. That's really a dietitian, by the way. Whose kids were at my house and you yeah. had to see their excitement over this over the dessert cake bar. Cake pops. Yeah. Oh never seen a cake pop before. Never make those again. Oh my God. We will actually, if Sarah doesn't mind, give us the recipe for yeah. the date brownies and we will put that up on our Black website. Bean. Black bean brownie. I keep doing that. Yeah. The same thing. Black bean dates. Two things I don't eat. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Not kidding. Um, we'll put it up at the yesicaneatcake.com. By the way, we are also yesicanshop.com where you can get all of our awesome merchandise. We have everything. If you have suggestions, mm-hmm. also send us an email, send us a message, send us a DM, whatever you want. We'll get back to you on it. We don't have a phone number yet. We're working on it. We also have a lot of very exciting things happening. One of them involves somebody famous and um, our webs our clothing side but we'll tell you guys about that hopefully next time we're just working on some details um we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up at yes the if you have any suggestions or ideas please let us know we're just going to end on a quick little rapid fire so uh sarah what's your favorite movie love actually that's a good movie yeah your favorite movie mine's embarrassing um <laughs> Oh, God. I really loved Inception, actually. Oh. And I'm actually a diehard Sister Act 2 fan. Oh, my God. Not Sister Act 1. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Sister Act 2, though, people make fun of me all the time for this, is, like, my favorite movie of all time because I'm a huge fan of somebody in it, which we're not going to talk about because it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love the music, and I it just gets me happy. Every time I see it, I'm just, like, happy, and it's the music's wonderful. Oh. And Are you a Broadway fan? A little bit, yeah. What is your favorite show? Oh, um, Les Miserables. Oh, good call. Yeah, good you? call. Uh, probably Wicked, which is mm. like, yeah, I've seen it way too many times. I love it. Um, I think it's a wonderful story. The music is absolutely amazing. I actually interviewed Stephen Schwartz once. Mom. Well, not interviewed, but I had him. I was some, anyways, it was a really, really long, complicated story, but somebody who I knew was leaving the production, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed a bunch of people in their life, and I interviewed Stephen Schwartz for it. And it was wow. absolutely amazing. And wow. he's the one who wrote, like, the music, and oh, I love him, and yeah. it's the best. Wow. I it's... interviewed once Joe Schwartz. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, who, Dr. Joe Dr. Joe Schwartz, <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, cool. Shout-outs to him. I'm big, uh, big on nutrition. And, Ooh, get him and to, maybe he yeah. wants to join our podcast one day, and he can uh-huh. talk about diabetic stuff. Yeah. Um... Okay, what's another question we can ask? What's your favorite color? Blue. I was going to say you're wearing blue. Yeah, <laughs> blue. <laughs> Go figure it's the diabetes color too, eh? That's true. Your favorite color? Uh, pink. Okay. <laughs> pink and aqua, actually, are my two favorite colors. I say pink, aqua. I really like metallic, like rose gold is like one of my favorites, but it's kind of a hard color to find. But pink is, yeah, I'm very, well, this, like everything is pink. My purse is actually purple, but I'm a very diehard pink fan. Uh-huh. Um, and your favorite song? My favorite song, How Do I Live by Trisha Yearwood and Walking in Memphis by Mark Cohen are my two favorite songs. Do you know either of them? Yeah, but I, I can't believe you didn't even have to think about that. Oh, they're my favorite songs. Oh, okay. Uh, and probably Define Gravity from Wicked, actually, depending on who's singing it. But Define Gravity, the Carrie Ellis version is amazing. YouTube it, I'll send it to you. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite song? Well, 
right now <laughs> right now i like girls like you by maroon five but if not uh, i'm i anything by u2 big u2 fan i, oh, like I saw U2 them in concert too. yeah j-lo's also I'm a yes huge, yeah I'm, like, I'm seeing J-Lo. her in july i can't wait i'm like a diehard j-lo fan. yeah i like j-lo um, too she's probably so my favorite person in the world i think she's amazing oh so yeah, yeah I, I like love. everything i like from Roy Orbison to yeah yeah all over the place. <laughs> me, me too. Actually, I grew up listening to classical. Exactly. Only, so yeah. like I like everything yeah. except anything too hot. I've recently discovered country though because oh. I was in Nashville for a couple of days oh, yeah. and I had so much fun. I love. I mean, I've always loved like Johnny Cash and stuff, but like I've discovered like Jason Aldean and like mm. Luke. I always screw up his name. Luke Bryan. Bryant. Bryan. I always screw up his name. I was in his bar. I think I know his name. Not a clue. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite? Uh, hold on, it's coming. <laughs> Website to go to. <laughs> yes, I can eat cake.com. Good call. Why Google? <laughs> yeah, <great. laughs> yeah, yes, I can eat cake.com. Me too. Except Google is also my second favorite because yeah. I'm on there way too often. And yeah. Wikipedia. <laughs> I like Wikipedia. Did you know in 2018 what was the most Googled wor- word internationally in the whole world? My stomach scrolled. Was it diabetes? No, oh. slime. Slime? <laughs> Like how to make slime? Yeah, was the most Google word internationally for Google in 2018? Slime. How do you even know that? That's such a random fact. I know. That's so weird. That's so weird. No, I did not know that. Another random fact um, that you just reminded me when you said that. Do you know that there's actually a thing, like if you go on Google, you know how they autofill for you? Yeah. So one thing is, it's like, help, I accidentally built a shelf. How do you accidentally build a shelf? I was dying when I saw it. It was so funny. Oh my god. Anyways, all right. So we're at like thirty something minutes of this podcast. So thanks. So please don't put this podcast on a shelf. <laughs> exactly. Listen to it because we're kind of amusing, we think and hope, or we're not. Um but thank you everybody. Seriously, thank you guys for all the support that you've been showing us. We really, really appreciate it. Um we might have a contest to help name this podcast. I'm not quite sure. Um so, yeah, we have some ideas we're going to be throwing out there. Again, we love all the support. We love all the feedback, all the comments, good or bad. We love hearing it all. We really want to hear more. Please, again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Yes, I Can Eat Cake, Instagram, Yes, I Can Eat Cake, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Yes, I Can Eat Cake, um, or email us. You have our emails. What's whatever. Admin at Yes, I Can Eat Cake.com or Sarah at Yes, I Can Eat Cake.com or Kirsty at Yes, I Can Eat Cake.com. I should have thought of the shorter name mm-hmm. for the website. Um, and really, guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Et pour nos gens en français, c'est oui, je peux manger du gâteau. Point com. <laughs> Point com. <laughs> and we're going to be doing some more French in the upcoming podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much and hashtag Cake On. Cake On. <laughs>